Um, they, they are very, very committed. Uh, they get together, you know, for practice. They pray for the service so that when you guys come, you know, you can uh, enjoy the worship. I don't know why, but I feel very touched today, you know, by the Holy Spirit. We, we were praying, you know, with Pastor Henry downstairs and praying for the church, praying for each one of you guys. And, and I really, I really want to thank each one of you. I don't know each, each person's testimony, but I know that some of you have fought really hard to keep Agape's ministry moving forward. About 1,000 churches closed down every year in the United States, and the number of churches being planted is less than that. And there's a lot of people right here in the church who, all of you are so committed. You invest so much time. You have a full-time job. You have a family, you have kids, you have great responsibilities, and you are so committed. And I want to thank you for doing that. I want you to know that your leaders meet every other Tuesday to discuss about the vision of the church and how to move the church forward. The, your leaders have been very consistent in meeting, not only that, but studying and doing research on how we can put a strategy together so that this church continues to grow. So I want you to know that you have leaders who are working like that. And the time is going to come where not so far from now, maybe in a few weeks, where we will need each one of you to get involved. Each one needs to do something. Remember, uh, we were studying the 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 parable of the bags of gold, or some people know it as the parable of the talents, you have at least one talent, a measure of something that God has given you. And one day, we're going to show up in heaven, and the Lord will welcome you. But like Pastor Henry said, what will you be bringing when you get to heaven. And I think the question that Jesus is going to ask you is, what do you do with the life I gave you? Did you accomplish the mission I have for you? Did you, did you serve me? How, how did you add value to the kingdom? I think a lot about that question. So please, let's continue praying. Um, I believe that God has a great plan for this community. And uh, God has this church in this place for such a time as this. So I want to invite you today to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. And I just want to read two verses, you know, from the scripture today that I want to leave in your heart. And um, this is a theme that you will see a lot in the book of Psalms. And you will also see in the book of Proverbs. And... You know, I was thinking to myself, uh, those of us who our parents are still alive, we have the tendency to, to behave in a certain way, you know, like them because we look like them or, 
or get some type of teaching or wisdom from the way they raised us. In some way, our parents have influenced us, and we may not realize it, but we, we resemble a lot, you know, from our parents. And I was thinking today in the morning, as I was, you know, praying today, that if you read the book of Psalms, especially Psalms 37 that we just read today, David talks a lot, a lot about trusting God, a lot about believing God. And you all know the story of David. He was somebody who was persecuted. He was somebody who at 17 years old, he delivered the people of Israel. He was somebody that had so many experiences and towards, you know, uh, the middle of age, maybe 45, 50 years old, he realizes that, yeah, you know what, God had the control. Like even when I was taking care of the sheep and fighting against lions and bears and I thought that maybe my life was worthless, that that was all God wanted me to do. But God took me out of those fields and trained me through the faith that I decided to have so that I will have a great future. So David keeps telling us in the book of Psalms, Trust in God, trust in the Lord, believe in him. And David had another son. And one of those son, uh, one of the that son that son is Solomon. And Solomon speaks in the same way that David speaks in chapter 3. David says, verse 5: Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. But he says, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart. When we think, you know, about heart, I think a lot about, you know, feelings and emotions. Because, you know, this is where, you know, supposedly we feel the emotions and feelings, you know, of what's happening in our life. And... Uh, Trust in the Lord your God with all your heart and emotions. When I was going to Bible school in El Salvador and I was 18 years old, I studied six, time, six years of Bible and theology in three years full time. I would go to high school and then I would, you know, during the night study Bible school. Then when I graduated from high school, I went full time into Bible school. Uh, you know, where pastors get, get trained for ministry. And the last year of Bible school, there's a class that is called missions. And this class that is called missions, uh, they, we talk a lot about, you know, how to be a missionary in another country. Uh, we talk a lot about how in the ministry you will probably be lonely. You will probably be by yourself on your own. But how we need to trust God all the time. So my teacher wanted to try an idea with my class first, and it was an idea that he was going to try with other classes, you know, later on. So at the end of the semester, when we were ready to graduate, uh, one of the tests uh, of uh, that missions class was to do a missions field trip. So this is what we did. He said, uh, I'm going to divide you guys in pairs, in twos, you know, just like Jesus did and the disciples did, you know, in the beginning. And we're going to choose the town in El Salvador where nobody wants to go. Nobody wants to go because if you go by bus, the roads 
um, are like very narrow and they're so narrow that you know they go through up through the mountains and and then if you're not careful you will go down into a huge river and nobody wanted to go to those those towns so my teacher chose that town and he said I'm going to give you guys uh, a plastic bag and in that plastic bag there was one egg uh, there was uh, butter and a little soup you know those soups that you put just uh, hot water and then you cook it like that and then you can eat it and uh, we got to this town when we were doing, you know, this field trip. And we, we went to a local church, you know, that was very, very small. So when we pray, he said that was on a Thursday, Thursday about 4 p.m. So we got to this local church and we were, you know, all excited about this field trip. And I had never been to that town, you know, in my whole life. So he divided us already in pairs. So he said, this is what you're going to do. You are going to go through all the town. It had a, a name that I can't even remember because it was a, in an Indian language. So he said, you're going to go through this town and you're going to knock on doors. The doors are the houses where God leads you. So you're going to go to those houses and you're going to ask the owner of the house, whoever comes out, you're going to say, hi, my name is Franklin and uh, we're coming to do a mission trip here in this town. And we were wondering if we can stay in your home for three days. And we're going to cook for you. We're going to clean your house. And we're just going to serve you for three days. When I realized that that's what we were supposed to do, I went into panic. I said, okay, oh, Lord, we're going to go to a home that, you know, nobody knows us. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. All I knew was that our teacher, you know, has taught us, during the whole semester, that when you follow God and when you are a minister or when you are a Christian, you need to commit yourself to trust God 100% of the time, no matter what. I was lucky because they gave me a, a gentleman who was, you know, about 60 years old. He had a lot of uh, experience. So I told him we, we had two things that we could do. Either he was going to talk or I was going to cook. So I decided that I was going to cook during those three days. I'm, I'm 18 years old uh, and I only know how to cook scrambled eggs. So him and I, we start walking through the dirt roads of this town and we are praying and we look like two crazy men, you know, because I'm holding in my hand a plastic bag, Ziploc bag, with an egg inside and then uh, a soup and a couple of other things. It was so small that I was being so careful because if I dropped the bag and broke the egg, then what, what was I supposed to do? If we were the ones who were going to offer food to the people and we were expecting God to do a miracle, something anyways. So we, we started praying and praying and praying through the roads and, and just asking God, okay, God, show us what house we should go to. And then we saw a, a beautiful house and, and he asked me, do you think we should go to that house? And uh, because he wanted me to talk in the beginning, I said, no, I don't feel that we should go to that house. Uh, I think we should continue praying. And then we continue praying, and then he will ask me again, do you think we should go to that house? 
And I said, no, I think we, we need to continue praying. So we will continue praying. And then he said, you know what, Franklin, I'll pray. And since you're going to cook, just worry about, you know, what you're going to cook these three days. And then um, after, you know, walking for like half an hour in this town, he says, you know what, let's go, let's go to that house. It looked like an old house. So we went and we knocked on the doors. And this man came out. And my friend started talking, and he said, hi, my name is Tono. This is Franklin. We're coming from a Bible school, you know, from the capital. We're here on a mission trip, and we're looking for a place to stay. So we are wondering if you would allow us to stay in your house for three days, and we're going to cook for you and clean your house, take out the trash, and do whatever you need us to do, you know, for free. And uh, so what do you think? And the man looked at us and, you know, stared at us, and he said, uh, sure, come on in. So I was like, oh, my gosh, it did work. So I went inside, and uh, he sat down uh, at the table, and we continued explaining to him, you know, this is, uh, this is a mission trip, you know, we're Christians, and, and we just wanted to visit this town and bless this town. And Franklin, he's going to cook, you know, for all of us, you know, during these three days. And I was like. Praying really hard in my mind, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. Please help me because I don't, I don't know how to cook. Send some manna, you know, from heaven and let something happen. And uh, so we were there for three days. Can you believe that? The man gave us a bed. He gave my friend a bed. And, but before that, it was my time to cook. So when I got my egg... And I said, I don't know what's going to happen, God. I'm, I'm supposed you're going to multiply this egg. So I put the egg, you know, in a casserole, and, and I start cooking. And this man has two daughters. One of them is 18, 17. And they come to me, you know, while I'm cooking, and they start laughing because the egg, I guess I wasn't staring at her. Uh, I don't know. I was, I was doing a whole mess, and, and, and it smelled like it was burning. So they told me, you know what, why don't you sit down with my dad, and then we'll, we'll cook. So they started cooking, and I went and sat down at the table. And this man told us that he had been praying for months about God to do something in his life. Because six months ago, his wife had died. And then when his wife died, he was uh, diagnosed with brain cancer, and he had only about six months to live. He didn't know who he was going to leave his daughters with because he didn't have, you know, relatives that he could trust. So while, you know, we were doing that, we told him that at the end of the mission trip, we were going to have a party, you know, at the church, and he was going to be invited. So to make the story short... We cook, uh, you know, with the food that he allowed us to cook and the girls. And uh, they taught me, you know, recipes, you know, how to cook beans and rice, mix them together, and then egg. And so I, I started to have a lot of fun. And then we shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, with all of them. And on Sunday, we took the three of them to church. And when we show up to church, every single classmate that I had, it was about 30 classmates, 
all of them found a home where they stayed for three days without people knowing who they were. And everybody brought a family and there were about 250 people in that church where there were only 15 people. And everybody, I can tell you that almost everybody, I can think not even a one person who did not get saved on that Sunday because a message of salvation was preached on that Sunday. And I saw this man give his life to Christ and his two daughters give his life to Christ. And that was a great, great mission experience for me because God taught me in that day that when we commit ourselves to trusting God and believing in him, remember that Jesus didn't say, if you believe in me and if you understand me, then follow me. Jesus never uh, used the word understand me. The only time when he used the word understand me was when the disciples didn't understand something and Jesus didn't even explain what he was doing. Jesus said, what you don't understand now, you will understand tomorrow. So God says, if you are going to follow me, you are going to follow me and trust me 100% with your life. And God is not saying... Trust me and understand what I do. God doesn't expect us to understand what he does because the Bible says that his ways are not our ways. And the way we think is not the way he thinks. The math that we have in our minds is not the math that God has. So trust the Lord your God with all your heart, emotions and feelings when you're up or when you are down. Trust the Lord your God. No matter where you are in life right now, no matter what you're going through right now, you don't need to understand why you are sick. You don't need to understand why your finances are not going well. You don't need to understand why things have not been working out, you know, in your life. But what you do need to know is that when you trust God with all your heart, God will make a way. Because if you read the last verse that we read, the verse 6, it says, In all your ways, Submit to him and he will make your path straight. He will bring you back to his purpose. Whatever situation goes wrong in your life, he will bring it back to the purpose that he has for your life. He will use whatever negative circumstance you have and use it to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in your life. But you need to trust God 100%. So when something goes you know, like not the way I want to in my life, I always remind myself, okay, God, I don't need to understand what happened. I don't need to understand how you do things. But what I do need to do, what my job is, is to trust you with all my heart. And Solomon probably uses the word heart because he knows that it is in our hearts, you know, where we struggle. Because look at what the verse says, you know, at the end. And lean not on your own understanding. I think one of the ways when we can stop God from moving in our lives is when we use our own understanding of life and things. Our mindsets. Our perspective. The way we think, you know, things should be. That's why Solomon is saying, do not lean on your own understanding. 
Don't, don't try to understand, you know, 100% what God does because it's going to be difficult for you to understand. But what Solomon is saying is, based on his wisdom and experience, is that if you commit to him in every single part of your life, in the end, it will make sense. In the end, it will make sense for you. And you're going to look back and say, wow, God was really in control of my life. God was really rescuing me from this. God was really keeping me away from this influence or, or from this tragedy. And now I am here. You may not be able to understand that right now, but you will understand that later. Verse 6, in all your ways, submit to him. You know, um, as I was thinking, you know, about this scripture during the week, I realized that sometimes things don't go the way we expect them to go because we don't involve God in, in our lives. Sometimes we involve God when things go wrong. But what about when we want to make decisions? What about when we want to choose the people we marry with? What about when we decide, you know, what church are we going to go to? Or what about, you know, other choices, you know, personal choices that we have in our lives? I think this is a message that God wants us to understand. Number one, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Look, you don't need to understand, but you need to trust. It doesn't have to make sense for you right now, but you need to trust. Don't let your understanding hinder the purpose that God has for you. Give it a chance. In the end, things will get connected, and you will understand it. But the scripture says, just commit yourself. You're going to struggle sometimes. You're not going to understand it sometimes. Sometimes even, um, even other brothers and sisters, you know, will tell you, what's wrong with you? You know, what's going on? Um, but... Solomon says, commit 100%. You know, the Israelites, when they were going to go into the land, to, to the promised land and conquer, the Bible says that Moses saw the promised land. He was not able to cross the river and conquer it. Joshua was. But God told Moses, that's what I promised to you. When Joseph, uh, Moses died and Joseph, you know, took over, the promise that God had given the Israelites, the Bible says that they still had to conquer the promise that God had given them. So they were on the other side, but they still had to conquer. And the scripture says that when they were ready to, st to start fighting, to start conquering the land, the river, there was a huge river that they had to cross. There were no nice bridges, you know, like the ones we have today. And what, what the Lord spoke to Joshua said, take the ark of the covenant first, which means the presence of God. And all the soldiers, all the people, you guys go behind the ark of the covenant and cross the river. Cross the river, and when you cross the river... You start conquering those cities or those towns or those countries. I think if I had been Joshua, I would have said, okay, Lord, but how are we going to cross the river with the ark? 
I mean, we, we need priests, we need pastors, and you're sending the pastors first to cross the river. Are you, what's going to happen? And, and the Lord spoke to jo, uh, Joshua and said, start crossing the river. And do you know that the river did not start opening up when they were getting close? The priests have to get their feet wet in the river and start walking in the river. Can you picture that? That God says to you, okay, start walking towards the sea. You go to Santa Monica Beach, right? And, and you see that it's really, really deep. Oh, oh, my gosh. And God says, start walking. Just cross the sea. Trust me. And, and then you start walking. And the water goes up to your knees. <clears throat> okay, God. And then you continue walking. And then the water goes up. And goes up, and goes up, and all of a sudden the river started to open. I think we as humans, we as Christians, we want God to open the river first, and we want to see. Okay, God, show me. I want to see it because there's no way I'm getting my feet wet. There's no way. I won't do that. Jesus told Martha and Mary when he resurrected Lazarus, have I not told you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. And when they started to get their feet wet in the water, I imagine the people of Israel watching, you know, and wondering to themselves, oh my gosh, are they going to drown? God, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh, you know, the water is up to their waist now. What's going to happen? But the presence of God was there. You know what? You know why they became so successful and conquered the land? Because they were committed to trusting God 100% no matter what. God said, get your feet in the water. And when you guys get wet in the water, then I will open the river. Do not wait for me to open the river first. And then you go, no, 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 no. That's not the way God works. Get your feet wet. Trust me. I want to see how far you are willing to go with me. Peter said, Jesus, if you are Jesus, if you're the real Messiah, if you're the Christ, I want to walk in the water. And Jesus said, come. Come. Do it. I want to encourage you today. Let's trust God 100%. Father God, I thank you today for this day, Lord. And I thank you for your word that says that we need to trust you 100% no matter what. Sometimes, Lord God, we, we look to understand the situations and circumstances in our lives. But, Lord God, if, if, if we try to understand, we may be a little discouraged because a lot of things will not make sense. We're humans. It's a human nature to question and not understanding. But the Bible tells us in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, that without faith is impossible to please God. We got to believe you 100%. So I pray right now for anyone who is in a negative situation or circumstance, I pray, Lord God, that you will open the river for them, Lord God, as they cross it. I pray that our understanding, perspective, and mindset will not be uh, a hindrance, Lord God, to believing in you and trusting you 100%.
I don't need to understand how you do things, but I do need to trust in you. Because at the end, you said, you will make my paths straight. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen.